root of the dysfunction, the root of the health, unhealthy places in your lives. Okay, so that's the heart behind our topic. So if God created us to live as healthy images of himself and he created us in body, soul, and spirit and he didn't make a mistake, then how do we implement that reality of living into our own lives? So here's your two, two tools. You ready? Discipline and determination. So here we go. With discipline, you do the hard work to discover and understand what might be an unhealthy place in your life. And then you continue to utilize the principles of discipline to implement healthy change. This is usually a process. It's usually baby steps, bigger steps. And it's and it requires discipline to not only discover, but implement and continue going. With determination... You don't give up as you're painfully uncovering the unhealthy places in your life that need change. And with determination, you don't quit. You don't give up short of the finish line. You don't stop learning and growing because your physical body's screaming at you because your emotions don't want to process pain or because your spirit man doesn't want to press in beyond the five senses. All right, so those are our tools. But what are we working on? And what exactly are we talking about here? All right, so our body, our body's made up of what? Our muscles, our organs, our bones, our connective tissue, right? Or you can look at it in the light of systems. Your body's made up of your digestive system, your immune system, your neurological system, your musculoskeletal system, your cardiac system, et cetera, et cetera. Your soul is your mind and your emotions. So that's what you feel, what you think. It's what motivates you and what drives you. Your spirit is your intricate and invisible internal perfect being that links us. It links you from heaven to earth. It is your divine connection to God, okay? So note that all three of these components of who we are are meant to honor and reflect God. They're all meant to connect us to Him. They're all meant to work together, okay? They're all a part of who we are. So we're going to talk about what does a healthy body look like? How do we get to a place where we're operating and living with a healthy soul? And how do we cultivate a life that operates out of our thriving spirit man? Okay, so part one, what does a healthy body look like? So I'm a medical person. Being a medical person, I could go on and on about this one. This is an easy one for me, but I'm not going to do that. What I'm here to communicate today as far as a healthy body is it's simply a place where you're functioning and operating in your God-given role in life at optimal capacity. You're not being hindered by fatigue, palpitations, excessive pain, body systems that are negatively affecting your everyday life. Now, granted, let's be real. Many, if not most human beings live with some sort of physical limitations at some point in their life. We could be talking about a diagnosis you develop or one that you're born with. Um, A personal example, I have found that after many years of living in countries without whole wheat products, my body stopped processing gluten, which is an ingredient found in flour-based foods. Taking the time and energy to figure out how to eliminate this from my diet 
doubled my available energy stores on a day-to-day basis and it eliminated a host of uh, irritable gut symptoms and, and frequent migraines for me. It was and it still requires work on a regular basis, but it allows me to live unhindered by physical limitations. Maybe you need to take the time and the funds to consult with a general or a specialist doctor to understand and treat an underlying physical issue. Maybe you need to put the effort into lifestyle changes like I did. Maybe you need to be more or less active in your everyday life to achieve a healthy state of being. But whatever work might be required of you to have a physically healthy body, remember that God created your body in His image and it's one of the greatest tools you could ever have access to, to live out the life God's called you to. So put in the the work, the discipline, and the determination to have as healthy of a functioning body as you can. All right. So moving on, part two, our soul. How do we get to a place where we're operating and living with a healthy soul? Honestly, I sense this was the greatest challenge God was asking me to communicate to our team of missionaries, that He did not make a mistake when He created us with a soul. Our mind and our emotions are a part of our God-given design to live in fullness in this life. They're meant to better our lives. They're meant to support the other parts of our lives. If we're living in a state of being of for example, anxiety all the time. We're simply not existing in the fullness of His plan for us, okay? Anxiety, fear, sadness, or alertness, those are all natural responses to situations in life, whether we're talking about a dangerous or a sad situation. And remember, we live in a world broken by sin and pain, and those affect all of us on different levels at different points in our lives. However, if you work, If your work, your family, your quiet time before the Lord, if you take all of these situations and, and they could all be described by a theme of say anxiety or depression, like this emotion or this thought process that, that would take up all of that space. Um, or even say a, a complete lack of ability to focus then you need to take the time and the energy to uproot the brokenness that has incapacitated you to some extent in your life. You need to find the root of of that deep emotional brokenness. Um, You need to know, if you don't already know, if you haven't walked through this type of journey, you need to know this is often a painful journey, but it's one that reaps beautiful testimonies when you trust God in the healing process. It's Sometimes it's a short healing process and sometimes it's a long one. And that's not something we're in control of. Um, I think a very good example of this is the podcast, the pastoral podcast that was just released by Arthur and Tom on the healing journey that they walk through in overcoming anxiety. This type of healing often involves vulnerability before God, before loved ones, teammates, counselors, or other people that God might direct you to involve in your journey. But first and foremost, I cannot stress this enough, this involves humility before heaven. This involves a willingness to see the brokenness in your own life for what it is, and then a disciplined determination to rewire and learn how to live out of a healthy mind and healthy emotions. It's work. I love what Psalm 61 and 63, I I love what they 
um, communicate when seeing God's heart on a healthy soul and hearing the articulation of an Old Testament believer seeking and asking for a healthier soul. Uh, so let's see. <clears throat> Psalm, I'm going to read Psalm 61, one through 61 verses 1 through 4. Hear my cry of lamentation, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength before the enemy. Let me sojourn in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wing. From here, we see that King David writes in confidence that his soul, so his mind and emotions, that even though they're in turmoil, turmoil, they're safe in the presence of God. And if you think of it, this is the picture that I got. If you think of it in the sense of the brokenness, right? So the anxiety, the depression as the enemy, you're dwelling in a tower of strength while you're in the midst of the battle, the midst of the problem. Before the problem, you're standing in strength when you dwell in God, right? So he is your tower before the enemy. And I used to always think, you know, David was a warrior. And so he's always describing battle scenes, but he's also talking about his soul here. And so we have to remember that even in the midst of a battle with our mind and our emotions, when we stand in God's presence, when we dwell in God's presence, we're standing, we are in a place of strength and victory. Um, and that's just, that is a beautiful reality to remember in the midst of every storm. Okay, so jumping over to Psalm 63, the whole Psalm is beautiful, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read verses one through five. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. When you read those words and you hear seek and you hear earnestly, that, that, um, that requires work and effort. So that implies we're putting, we're putting something into this. We're not just hoping to absorb God as we go about our day, but I'm going to seek you earnestly, right? So my soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land without water. Thus, I have beheld you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will lodge you. Thus, I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with fatness and rich, richness, and my mouth offers praises with lips of joyful songs. So here we see King David describing his soul going from dry and thirsty, right? No water in a desert to full, fat, and rich, like he's describing now a banqueting table. He describes a yearning and a seeking and awaiting on God. He describes beholding and seeing the glory and the power of God. He describes praise and worship. And what I will never forget from this description is that King David chose to be intentional in prayer, and he chose to praise and worship God in an emotional desert, in a dry place. And from there, he experiences fullness. Now, we don't know the time lag. It doesn't say, but we know he goes from desert to fullness. I believe he saw healing and restoration from the dry and the weary soul that he was describing. So whether your desert is a new or a short-term issue or whether it's a long-term one, something that you fought for many years and lived with, choosing to dwell in God's presence ushers in the fullness of life that we truly long for when we're in that place of a dry soul. Um. <clears throat> So that is healthy body, healthy soul. Moving on to part three, 
healthy spirit. So how do we cultivate a life that operates out of our thriving spirit man? Because remember, our spirit man is perfect. And so how do we access that perfection? How do we access that? Um, in Overland Missions, I really believe we have a huge advantage advantage in this department because we serve under leadership that provides organizational-wide avenues and environments for us to step into into these realities in our conferences and revival weeks. But our spiritual growth was never meant to be isolated to these events. Again, through diligent determination, every believer is instructed to press into God. The Bible challenges, challenges us over and over again to live and operate out of the realm of our spirit man. Okay, here's a few examples. We're just going to do a few. Um, okay, we're jumping over to Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 2 through 8. All right, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the full knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, Supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the full knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can we not grow and how can we not access our spirit, man, if we understand this scripture? We are all without excuse. (laughs) Um, Galatians 5.25, it says, if we live by the spirit, let us also walk in step with the spirit. So let me challenge you on this. How do we walk in step with the spirit unless we know the spirit? And how do we know the Spirit unless we spend time and commune with the Spirit? Um, okay, let me jump back to Luke. Where'd you go? Luke 4, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is what empowers us to live the life that we are called to live. <clears throat> so let me... Let me um, Let me just continue with this topic. So living out of our spirit man is spending time in God's presence, praying, reading the word, worshiping, and being still before God. This is where we get to know him. This is where we listen. This is where we see outside of our natural and tangible five senses. This is where our eternally created being enters into an unexplainable communion with its maker, our God, our Father the infinite and sovereign maker and ruler of heaven and earth, who always was and always will be. 
Honestly, I think kids describe this reality the best in my mind. It kind of just doesn't make sense. That's how I've heard it described. Um, And honestly, I can agree with the sense of the idea of infinity and no beginning doesn't make rational sense to a finite mind. The idea of a spirit inside of me communing with a heavenly spirit. Hmm. However, there's a but here. (laughs) Anyone who's ever, even once, sat in the unseen presence of God knows that it's a reality that cannot be denied. Because we were created body, soul, and spirit. And if we don't spend time in God's presence, and we don't discipline ourselves to commune with God through the spirit, we will always know an intangible lack. Let me say that again. If we don't spend time in God's presence and we don't discipline ourselves to commune with God through the Spirit, we will always know an intangible lack. So I'm going to end this podcast with this, with this reminder for all of us. God didn't make a mistake when He created us in His image with a body, a soul, and a spirit. Each of these simple yet complex parts parts of who we are define and drive us. And each of these divisions of our being require determined discipline to be healthy and functioning parts of us. That we, laying aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12, 1b, it sums it up the best. We're laying this all aside, everything that could entangle us, the weight, the brokenness, the sin. How do we lay it aside? With discipline and with determination. We learn and we unlearn and we run the race with endurance that is set before us and we run for the prize.